Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today I'm talking about the neck doctor. So we're up to the 2008 Christmas special. I'll be honest with you, uh, this episode tends to be in my sort of meh category in terms of Doctor Who episodes. It's not one that I would, you know, pick up to watch unless I was doing a rewatch like this. Um, During the episode, I did find that I kept getting really distracted from the kind of the Cybermen stuff, uh, that element of the plot. However, there is still a bunch of stuff to like about this episode. So I'm going to start by talking about the Cybermen plot um, and the elements of that that do work for me. And uh, then I'm going to talk in more depth about the neck doctor and the kind of the the themes of the episode. I'm going to dive into that. So let's uh, start off with, it is actually a historical episode. So why do we have this historical setting? Um, And honestly, we've got the Victorian London setting because it's a Christmas episode. There is something very Christmassy about the, you know, the Victoriana with the snow. And I mean, it is actually a Christmas setting in the episode. Um, So it is mainly just for that sort of Christmas aesthetic. Um, But you do also have a really nice contrast of the Victorian London against the, you know, the mechanical Cybermen. Um, And that does make for some good visuals, which... Uh, kind of culminate in the steampunk esque engine that we have, uh, in in the in the latter part of the episode. Um, I do also quite like, well, yeah, I quite like the idea of the Cybermen having to make do with child labor because they're in the Victorian age. Um, like this idea that they're sort of learning from humans and and going well what are humans using to power their machines in this age okay okay we'll we'll do that we we don't have another option we'll do that um because that's very victorian-esque i mean you know horrendous in terms of human rights and everything but uh but very uh of that time period so that's why we have the historical the historical setting um, the other part of the plot that works is uh, the character of Mercy. She's, she's a very interesting character. Um, firstly, great sense of style. Um, again, that dress, it works with the kind of the Victorian setting of having that big, you know, petticoated dress with the uh, fancy umbrella. Um, and... She is a sympathetic character up to a point. So certainly her initial themes at the funeral, you get the sense of her being a kind of slightly sympathetic character. The um, the scales do drop from our eyes with regard to her when, when we learn a bit more about her. But I do like, I like this idea that she's sort of, she's looking for kind of escape, she's looking for power, um, and the escape theme is something that links to the 
Jackson Lake character thread and where the Doctor is at in this episode. So there is like a thematic resonance between, you know, the villains and the uh, characters that we care about. Um, yeah, she's an interesting one. To me, she's almost like this twisted version of the kind of slightly more common character trope of this, you know, beaten down woman looking for a better life in a patriarchal world, you know, looking for some kind of power in the form that it's, you know, available to her in that time period. But like I say, she's a twisted version of that because she 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 has this cruelty and anger in her. And you could, you know, you could think, okay, she's matron of a workhouse, so she's seen a lot of cruelty in there and that sort of desensitised her. But that doesn't make, you know, that doesn't make that character thread uh, right. It makes it understandable. Um, and that cruelty and anger that she has that's what leads the cybermen to you know betray her and actually convert her um but then you get the, the sort of um slightly more unusual situation of they saw that cruelty and anger but they didn't realize that actually her strength of will is so great that she can actually stay in control of the cybermen um i do like the fact that Rather than, you know, Mercy getting converted and it being the Cybermen speaking with her, just with her voice, it is actually, it is actually her. Um, the Cybermen are not always the most interesting of villains uh, for me. I, I think their creation story is very interesting, but when they're sort of, you know, when, when they've got the job of being the, we're invading the world villain, like, like the Daleks do they're not the cybermen are not quite as interesting in that role to me so i think this is a good way of doing it where you've got this human character using the cybermen as um well as soldiers i suppose um now the other thing about the plot that i just wanted to briefly discuss was the kind of the revolution like how the doctor saved the day um, and the main reason I want to mention this is because I know in my, in my last episode I said, oh yeah, I think that in going into the specials there's a, there's a sense of the Doctor trying to minimise his impacts on others. Um, yeah, this plot revolution kind of completely counteracts that theory of mine. So I don't know where I'd got that sense from. But, um, yeah the whole thing of the doctor's resolution here is i mean he does the usual doctor thing of sort of giving her a chance to to leave um and he 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 has this quote of like the question is what do you make of me he asks mercy and he said you make me into this and then fires that gun that you know it It's a better way than him just blowing them up, I suppose. But, like, the idea that firing that gun makes Mercy see the Cybermen through sort of unblinkered eyes and makes her destroy them. It's, um... 
well, it's certainly high impact, which is my point in 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 raising this. Um. But yeah, I've got to admit, while I was watching, I did get a tad distracted around the sort of Cyberman plot stuff, and that I think is because the neck doctor thread of the episode is a lot more compelling so let's discuss that so going outside the story for a second at the time so let's just get the time scale on this uh, on this correct so at the end of journey's end in summer 2008 there was a neck time trailer but the neck time trailer did not have the title it just had at christmas Cybermen, Victorian London. I think it just it just has like the Cybermen marching through the grave graveyard. Um, so there wasn't the title yet. In autumn two thousand and eight, David Tennant wins the National Television Award and announces live that he is leaving Doctor Who after the specials. Um, which was an amazing moment. I remember seeing that live because I was so much of a Doctor Who fan that I wanted to watch the National Television Awards because they were up for awards and got completely blindsided by that. remember being completely like, oh, yeah, great moment. Um, at some point after that, the title of the Christmas episode was released as being the next Doctor. Um, but we didn't know who the next Doctor was yet. The announcement of Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor happened in the new year after this episode. And I will probably talk more about that when we actually get to the 11th Doctor. Because, again, that was a great moment, but it doesn't quite fit here in the discussion about this episode. So my point is... At the time in 2008, there was a definite question mark over, is David Morrissey the actual neck doctor? Are they going to introduce the neck doctor to us in an episode, like, in the story before we see him in, you know, any kind of press release or, or anything like that, or, or before we see the regeneration even? Um, now, I can't remember how convincing that question mark was, but, you know, there's, there was definitely, I think they were trying to, I don't know, I can't tell how sort of tongue-in-cheek they were being. Um... But it's a really, really good idea and a really compelling idea. This idea of meeting a future Doctor with the memories being missing um, and it actually being a future Doctor, that's a really good idea. Now, if you were actually doing that story as a sort of like, this is how we introduce the new Doctor from you know, this is how we announce the casting of the new Doctor kind of thing, you could only do it with the next Doctor. You couldn't skip too far down the road because you'd have, you know, production constraints of, of filming and all of that. Having said that, 
we have had examples from both uh, classic Doctor Who and Doctor Who that we've seen since 2008 of this sort of non-sequential storytelling in terms of different Doctor's incarnations. So um, you have the whole uh, Veil Yard thing from the Sixth Doctor's era where the Veil Yard character is revealed to be a sort of future, uh, slightly evil form of the Doctor. We still don't know where in the timeline that comes from, I, I, as far as I'm aware. We also have um, a couple of elements, a, a couple of kind of examples of um, this idea that actually we can also go back in the Doctor's timeline and sort of fill in some of the blanks that we haven't seen in TV and that maybe the Doctor doesn't remember. Um, so there's obviously the more recent whole Fugitive Doctor stuff and uh, obviously the 13th Doctor era sort of rewrites uh, a lot of what we know about the Doctor's sort of previous life. But even in classic Doctor Who, there was um, the the episode The Brain of Morbius where, um, a bit like in this episode, you see a bunch of um, pictures of the Doctor's face, although instead of going forwards in time, it's going backwards in time. And it goes back past the first Doctor, implying that the first Doctor was not the Doctor's first regeneration. So... You know, there, there, there has been that scope for a while, which is, um, yeah, which I guess helps sell the thing of, yeah, maybe they are actually showing us the next Doctor. It, it's great. Um, of course, he's not the next Doctor. Um, so we get to have our cake and eat it. We get to have the anticipation, but also uh, have the like nice kind of. I was going to describe it as a bait and switch, but um, I'm not sure that that's quite the right terminology. So, in this episode specifically, how is the neck doctor stuff done? Because um, it becomes clear fairly early on in the episode that this is probably not all that it seems to be and that kind of leads me to uh, two major themes in this episode the first one being the theme of memory um which is a great theme so it's sort of this episode is kind of asking what makes the doctor who he is what yeah what makes this character the doctor um which is very fitting because obviously this is straight after donna's departure where you know donna lost her memories of the doctor and that does change her character significantly um, and it's also straight after um, Rose and Bad Wolf Bay theme number two, where Rose gets her sort of happy ending with a person who shares the Doctor's memory, but is not actually him. So again, it's, it's going back to this question of like, what makes a person a particular person? And this episode is about, you know, memory and what it means to lose your memories and 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 what what it is that 
make the doctor the doctor and this episode posits that it it's the doctor's actions that makes him the doctor it's what he strives to do is the um is the, the takeaway that i get from it so to me this is most apparent in one of the first scenes with the two doctors it shows their similarities by how alike they are in actions because normally when you get two doctors meeting each other if we think back to time crash or if we think ahead to the um 50th anniversary you get you know one doctor recognizing the other and um you you get them telling each other that they they are the doctor you get them sort of stating it outright here it's not done that way it's done purely through the actions so you have they both firstly they both run to help Rosita when she shouts for the doctor um they both pull out their screwdrivers at the cyber shade when Jackson has the uh has the rope and 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 tries to capture the cyber shade they're both you know jumping straight into the action they're both you know pulling on the rope as they both need to be saved by Rivita um the little moment that I love that kind of tied all this together for me is after they get saved by Rosita they fall over themselves laughing as as a sort of like release of tension um so yeah it's sort of honestly from that scene although you kind of know there's something going on particularly if you clock that David Morrissey's screwdriver is, is, is just a screwdriver um but from that scene you do kind of believe that yeah okay this this other man is also the doctor they're both the doctor um which is great we also see that what makes the doctor the doctor is his actions in what Jackson sort of takes away from his memories of the Doctor, memories in inverted quotes there. So, Jackson believes he's the Doctor, who's lost his memories, and he has spent several months investigating the disappearances, uh, saving Rosita, and like trying to get some put some good in the world and this this is kind of summarized in um when the doctor saves them at the end of the episode jackson makes that sort of celebratory speech to the other uh victorians which you know is a bit cheesy but it's a christmas episode you you can you can have a bit of cheesy in a christmas episode um yeah and even though the Doctor doesn't see that speech in particular, this is the first thing that the Doctor gets out of this episode. Is he gets a view of himself through new eyes. Um, and I think this is most apparent that the Doctor is benefiting from that, is, is sort of seeing himself through these fresh eyes in the scene at the end of the episode when Jackson goes into the TARDIS 
you know, and Seth, oh, what wonderful nonsense. Um, so it sort of refreshes the Doctor. Which leads me on to the next thing I want to talk about. So the other theme of this episode is the theme of escape and that's where uh, the some of the thematic resonance comes from Mercy being the villain as, as well. Um, and it's the Doctor that needs that escape as much as Jackson. Which is why, you know, the the it is beneficial to the doctor that through this through this adventure he gets to see himself through through new eyes so the opening scene of this episode great scene the music stunning we have what seems to be this lovely break from the previous series we have the doctor seemingly unburdened by how we left him in journey's end you know he's wandering around the victorian square he's you know making the uh scrooge what day is it boy joke to to the the little kid um and there's clearly been some kind of time jump which is good um and it's good so even just looking at like the pre-titles when Rosita calls out for the doctor and the doctor goes who me and smiles like without the time jump that would have been wearier I think whereas because we've got this brief time jump that uh that that's allowed to be a lovely little kind of nod to camera wink at the fourth wall kind of moment and the doctor's seems light-hearted however the doctor does not have a blank slate in this episode no matter what the time jump is he is coming straight off of journey's end and that emotional uh cocktail shall we call it it's a lot more subtle than usual though um it's only it was only by sort of like, I don't know, watching this carefully and, and taking these notes that I think I picked up on all of this. I think there's a lot of um, the Doctor's kind of mindset in this episode that I haven't really picked up before. Which is why I'm really enjoying doing this rewatch because it allows me to look at these episodes in, in new light. So... My theory, and the reason I've kind of grouped this under this theme of escape for this episode, is, is the Doctor in his own fugue state? You know, we find out that Jackson is in a fugue state because he has this massively traumatic event and jumps into, you know, the Doctor's life and role as a way of escaping the doctor's kind of doing the same thing like it's very doctor like you know the fact that jackson does it because he now thinks that he's the doctor and and the doctor is kind of doing it here as well um he's sort of trying to distract himself from his own problems and his own loneliness which rings very true um 
And this lack of a blank slate for the Doctor feeds into how he handles Jackson. Because the Doctor realises, I think, pretty early on in the episode that something is off. And whether... I think at first he genuinely does think, okay, this is probably a future regeneration. There is something weird going on with the fact that he's seemingly lost his memories. Um, but then the clues start adding up as to, like, okay, maybe this isn't quite what I thought. And throughout all of this, he is very gentle with Jackson. Like, that, that, that's my overriding kind of key word for how the Doctor is behaving. So, for example, when they're investigating in that house, he, um, the way he sort of, uh, he unlocks that cabinet without Jackson knowing, and um, he finds the info stamps and he's like, oh yeah, different and metal. You were right. He's sort of giving that credit to to Jackson. Um, and when Jackson asks who the doctor is, the doctor says, I'm a friend, I swear. Yeah, he's very gentle, which it certainly makes sense when he thinks this might be his future self. Like, you would be gentle with your future self you hope you you know it's um you you want to be gentle with yourself but he's still gentle after the Jackson Lake reveal you know um saying all, all that bravery that you did through these months like that was you um and you can see this as well not just in how the doctor kind of speaks to Jackson but even in how he sort of how how the Jackson Lake reveal happens so it's halfway through the episode and it's very drawn out um we we get hints throughout the first part of the episode that the doctor is sort of gradually realizing that he's not the next doctor so stuff like asking him about his screwdriver uh getting a stethoscope out um and and things like that and so he gradually realizes that and he then gradually works out like okay so this guy isn't actually a future self so why like what's happened and it's gentle because usually that sort of deduction for the Doctor, it's out loud and bombastic. You know, we see that with, um, I think there's scenes in some of Jodie Whittaker's first episodes where she's sort of, you know, thinking out loud. It's the same stuff I said in Midnight of the Doctor thinks out loud. But here it's all internal. So kudos to David Tennant's performance for letting the audience know that the Doctor is uneasy with stuff because it has to be more, way more subtle than usual because it's not in the dialogue and then even the reveal itself is very cautious it's very cautious it's a little it's it sort of almost drip fed a little bit of a time of like okay look you're not the doctor you're you've taken on his memories, this is kind of what's happened, look, you're Jackson Lake, right, and the reason you've taken on his memories is because of this traumatic event, and it's sort of, um, 
yeah, it's done very, very gently. And it shows the Doctor has a lot of empathy for Jackson here. And this is because he doesn't have a blank slate in this episode. This is because he he gets he he understands the loss that Jackson's been through. What he's been through, you know, isn't exactly the same, but it's the same emotions. And Jackson sort of um repays that towards the end of the episode or rather it sort of flips from you know the doctor comforting Jackson to Jackson being that comfort for the doctor instead um and that kind of starts when the uh plot stuff starts kicking off and the doctor's about to go and uh, go up in the in the TARDIS balloon and 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 fight the Cybermen and um he said Jackson go you've got a reason to live and Jackson goes and you haven't like as a question the look that the doctor gives Jackson there I'm not I'm not 100% sure what that look is I think the meaning I took from it was maybe this sort of like acknowledgement that the doctor is running away from something himself but there's some, I don't know, shared experience in that look, maybe. It's certainly the kind of the chirpy, I'm, a, I'm the doctor, I'm a hero mask. It, it's that mask slipping. It's definitely that. Um, and that, I think, leads to Jackson asking at the end of the episode about why the doctor is alone and insisting that he comes to dinner. Um, which that scene is very emotional. Um, it's very well done. The emotion behind the, I suppose in the end they break my heart line. That that got me. That got me. I was a little teary eyed there. So this is the second thing that the doctor gets from this episode is sharing the loss that he's felt with someone else who's going through similar um because he's had this episode of trying to escape from it and actually he and jackson get to not wallow in it that's the wrong word word but like share it and acknowledge it I think that whole thing of like in memory of those we've lost acknowledging an ending helps you process it I suppose um yeah yeah although this episode is one that you know not on my not anywhere near my top 10 list like I really enjoyed watching it and particularly through that lens of you know actually this is yet another character piece I said that about the stolen earth and journey then this is another one like okay I got distracted during the plot stuff the plot stuff isn't the point the Cybermen plot is just for the aesthetics it's not it it's not the point of the episode which is shown by the title I suppose you know it's not called 
Victorian Cyberman or something. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I have an email address for this podcast. If anyone has any commentary or would like to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. The email address is helentalkswho at gmail.com. Next time, I will be watching Planet of the Dead. So we're going from cold and snowy Victorian London to the middle of a desert on an alien planet. See ya.